The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm live in Phoenix in the studio with a very special guest, Howard Falco. Howard is an author, an expert on human understanding and potential. He's a spiritual teacher and peak performance or mindfulness coach to college and professional athletes, CEOs and corporate executives, and individuals looking for a new way of overcoming life's challenges and achieving peace. Howard has authored two books about the understanding of life and the power of personal creation. His first book is titled, I Am, The Power of Discovering Who You Really Are, written in 2010. His second book is titled, Time in a Bottle, Mastering the Experience of Life, written in 2014. And it is my great honor and privilege to welcome Howard Falco. Oh, thank you very much, Karen. Thanks for having me, especially down here in the studio. It's nice to uh, be face-to-face. It's awesome. I'm so thrilled. So, breathe into that. (laughs) Really, breathe into that. So, I'm going to start off. I know I've read your books, and um, I know you're... You know, at 35, you were successful in the, in the finance world, mm-hmm. and you look like you had it all. And you had it all. You weren't really lacking for anything. Successful career, great family, and you had an awakening or, I would say, from what I understand, a question that kept coming up for you. Yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah, there were several questions. I guess you could say I was really on an existential journey since I was 14 and um, uh, there's a story in the in the introduction of the book where it was the first time I was camping um, and I was out in the wilderness and um, it was a moonless night and uh, it what something shifted in me when I looked up for the first time and I saw the mass of stars in the sky that that I had never seen like that before I just had never seen that many stars uh, being from the suburbs of Chicago it's it's you don't see that many stars until you get out far away and um, something shifted in me and, and caused a, a stir which caused me to ask a lot of questions about the nature of life and my own existence um, and those questions sort of continued as I went through a normal life I got married and uh, put myself through school out at, in Arizona, at Arizona State, and um, got into the finance world, which I wanted to with a business degree, and started working. And as, I, as all these things were happening to me and I was going through the progression of my life, these deeper, more profound questions still nagged at me. I still needed answers for them. And it wasn't that I wasn't happy. I, I was happy, but I wasn't content, which was really concerning mm-hmm. because I thought I have the things where you're supposed to be content. When does the when do you get content in life? Mm-hmm. And um, 
that caused me to ask these really big questions at 35 when I finally couldn't take it anymore and just had to know the answers. And it's interesting because you come from a financial background, so you, you know, managing money and you, you were in flow with money, you had money. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, you realized that money wasn't the answer. That's exactly right. I, I thought that the last thing that I needed since I was accumulating or checking off the box on so many different things in life that money would do it and that would eventually just you know millions of dollars would make me really really happy and I realized one day that money had nothing to do with the true sense of happiness in life which is really the relationships that you have with people and your experiences in the world the ability to just get up and breathe every day and those things you can't buy those things with money Mm -hmm. and so when that excuse was gone for not being happy I thought it was money when that was gone I didn't have any answers anymore and that's what really scared me Mm -hmm. and that's when I asked these profound questions and that began the unraveling of the uh, the ego so to speak or where um, uh, a space cleared in my mind where the true universal inspiration could find its way in which is Mm -hmm. what happened and before that did you have any spiritual beliefs or practices that's a great question Um, I I really didn't um, the religion we grew up in was Judaism, and I never really connected to it um, uh, in, a, in a very spiritual way. Um, uh, holidays and food and, and mm-hmm. you know history, of course, but I never connected in a deep spiritual way. And so my mind was always open um, to seeking some of those bigger questions about the nature of what G-O-D or what God is, really is and what life is really about. And I think that helped not to mm-hmm. have a construct around my mind uh, about okay. that. It was very open. Um, as I went into this questioning. Mm, awesome. I, I can understand. I mean, I grew up similar, and it's you think God is a being, and there's a right. big house, and it's right. we're, throne, we're taught fear. Chair. Right. Yeah. We're taught fear. You mm-hmm. to have that spiritual connection is linked with fear because you're going to get struck dead, mm-hmm. or lightning will come down, or something bad is going to happen to you. Right. And uh, so, which brings me to the next point. So. You know, I was wondering if you could talk to the listeners about how you came to be a teacher of overcoming fear, because you talk a lot about overcoming fear in your book. Right. Well, becoming a teacher sort of evolved out of this awakening that happened um, after I asked these questions and I went through this massive expansion in consciousness um, suddenly, where all of a sudden from one minute to the next, everything was clear. Um, about the nature of existence itself. And this happened in two peak experiences. Again, these are both um, written about at length in the introduction uh, to I Am. But uh, when I came off of that experience, I was just beaming with this insight. And I thought, my gosh, what an, what an honor, what, what a grace. And I wanted to share it. So how do you share it when y- you can't just run out on the street corner and say, "Hey, you got to hear this story." Um, I, I looked and see what the I looked to see what the process was of sharing information, and of course, the literary world or writing about your experience was one of them. So I, I sat down and decided I'm going to write about this and all the insight about the nature of existence and who we are, and within that process was the nature of fear, mm-hmm. and and there's a whole chapter actually dedicated to that uh, to that idea of fear Um, but that was part of that whole picture that got revealed like the purpose of fear why we have it how it creates boundaries for us Mm -hmm. and how it's there instinctually as a part of evolution and uh, uh, to protect us and help us to survive so that's how it how I came to sharing it you were still working in finance were you not Uh, which is interesting so you have mm -hmm. this great big revelation unfold you're 
so it feels, sounds like you're bursting at the seams and exactly. you're walking yeah. into a very structured environment. <laughs> exactly. What did that feel like? It felt like I was two people. I guess that's why I'm a Gemini um, <laughs> because I was living in two different worlds. Um, I was living in one world where I was still trying to pretend that I still wanted to do what I wanted to do while this whole other side was saying, you need to leave that and go and, and honor this, which is where I was really pulled. And what, what eventually happened was that I, a few years later, I did leave the finance business completely. I just walked away and um, went down the path of writing and teaching and speaking. So eventually, um, I crossed that cauldron and okay. took my leap of faith. Now I have to ask because you brought it up. So before you really jumped on that path that you knew you were to follow, what did it feel like You know, while you were still... You were sort of segueing. What'd that feel like for you? Because uh, I'm sure we've all had that. Yeah. You get that burning belly fire that comes up, and we ignore it. Yeah. And um, it felt so right from my heart and from my gut, and yet my head was looking at me like saying, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I had to keep ignoring my head because it wanted to stay in the box. It wanted to stay rational and say, "Hey, you have a family and you have a business and." And I just, it was too overwhelming. The love and the feeling and the, um, the humility, the grace was too strong. I had to go out and share this. I didn't care what the consequences were. And thankfully, um, my wife, and who's a true angel, was once she saw, it took a little while for her to understand what this was all about, but once she saw the love that this came from and how it really truly was changing people's lives, she um, was 110% behind me no matter what, mm -hmm. which is which was a very big help to the situation. Okay. Yeah. And what would you say maybe to some of the listeners who maybe don't have that support system, who feel, you know, the similar feeling, they have the urge, they see the path, they know they're the belly fire, but yet they don't have that support system urging them on, or maybe they have the opposite of that. They have mm. someone who's saying, you know, you'll never do that. Why would you want to do that? You have, you know, we're good. So, Don't rock the boat. Yeah, that's an excellent question, Karen. And I think the answer to it is, is that every human being ultimately to get to that state of peace and happiness and fulfillment has to follow their own path. And if you're with someone who truly loves you for who you are, they will eventually merge with you on that journey. And find, and find union with you on that journey. And if they fight you and are negative, you treat it with love as much as you can and until there's, there's a decision point where you mm -hmm. have to decide if you're going to not fulfill your destiny or what you feel you're called to do mm -hmm. um, or if you feel you are and you, you're willing to make that leap. And okay. what I've learned about life is that um, life rewards faith. And um, when people demonstrate faith, um, it may not show up at first what you want, but if you demonstrate the faith long enough, life will reward you. And, and in many times, 10 times mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. than what you ever thought possible. So that's the real power in faith. I can relate um, to that. But you have to go, everyone has to go through it. You know, it's the mm -hmm. unknown and we, we all have to go through it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just part of the journey for, for anybody who's really trying to be, to change and do right. something they've never done before. And so I know you talk about fear being a block. So how would you, how, I know you've written about how do you go move through a block of fear? Yeah, fear can be a block. Mm -hmm. When fear shows up, it's a great sign that you're right on the edge of stretching into something new. Because fear is the wall between known and unknown. 
And so as you start to move into the unknown, fear starts to come up and try and tell you all the reasons to stay in the known because fear as designed by the ego knows that you've survived in the known, even though it's been painful sometimes, very painful. Um, but if, if you can keep pushing, first of all, one big way I realized how you get over fear or what helps really push you through fear is to realize the nature of infinity. And I talk a little bit about that in the second book, In Time in a Bottle. Actually, the whole first section is dedicated to that because there really is no such thing as time ending. Mm -hmm. We see all the things around us live and die. But our journey continues. One of the revelations for me, the insights for me, was that we're eternal. Our consciousness, our awareness is eternal. The mm -hmm. vehicle might change, right. you know, but mm -hmm. we are eternal. Mm -hmm. And so when you realize that, it can really help you to be willing to push through any fear knowing that no matter what, you're going to survive. Uh-huh. Got it. Okay. And, you know, what do you say, to, well, yeah, what do you say to a struggling parent going through a difficult situation, you know, with maybe divorce or, you know, the death of a child or, you know, an illness mm -hmm. with a child? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with all those issues um, in, in private session. And um, what I would, I would say is that, first of all, there's great empathy for anybody who's gone through any horrible situation that they've had to face. Um, and everybody has their own personal timetable on their own grieving process and, and what, what is right for them. Mm -hmm. But if they can find the strength to overcome, not only will they find happiness again, but they will be a light to thousands mm -hmm. who will look to them as someone who, have, who has overcome if they should happen to go through something like that. Mm -hmm. There are examples of people who have overcome it. And so they end up being a great light. Okay. Um, so there's great, there's always purpose in what's going on. And we, you know, that's something we yeah. can, we can go deeper in if you want to. At yeah, some point. absolutely. And you know, they always say it has to get darkest before you can see the light. Mm -hmm. So that makes total sense. And I know I can completely relate to that. I mean, I've mm -hmm. had my life changing event that, you know, I don't go into too much detail on in the, on the air here on the program I am writing my book and when that comes out it will mm -hmm. completely unfold that whole story which is as you know eye opening but yeah it's um, sometimes in the midst of the, of the most dark you find the biggest gift and it, you may not even be aware and all of a sudden it shows up um, yeah that's exactly yeah, it right that's like, how it works yeah and it looks like we're heading to a break so we can perhaps pick this up when we come back that sounds great okay, look forward thank to you it. so much look forward to your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. 
The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Deetta Jones and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag TheGiftIsTheShift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. We're back. And I'm here with Howard Falco. Before the break, we were talking about fear. And so with that, I'd like to pick up and say, ask Howard, actually, how does one experience joy and peace, Howard? In Like I said, in the midst of obstacles we talked about briefly before, like divorce, mm-hmm. medical challenges. You say there are no right. failures in life. So... With all of that, and like I said, we touched on that to go a little bit deeper. Um, how do you keep in joy with challenges in mm-hmm. your life, with life challenges? Yeah, it's another great question. And uh, I think uh, there comes a point where you shift in life from this idea that life is a struggle and it's working against you to beginning to see that there hasn't been a moment in your life that life hasn't been working for you. Mm-hmm. And when you start to take on that idea you look at challenges differently and you start to see that within every challenge there's something extremely valuable and that's information or awareness and that awareness is what raises our consciousness and a a shift in consciousness is what allows us to survive and thrive so the knowledge that we learn from putting our hand on a hot stove and getting burned allows us to not do that again so that we can survive and not burn our hand off Um, the knowledge of what it takes to 
um, be in a harmonious relationship or what it takes to really connect with another human being comes through some of those very tough situations that causes us not only um, to be to suffer but to also self-reflect and I think that's really the key if we if we can self-reflect when we're in the moments of those challenges what is in this for me I think is the real mm -hmm. key mm -hmm. question what is in this for me and how can I use this going forward because I can't go back the only moment I have is this one mm -hmm. and if we can look at life that way I think it can really accelerate the creative process and get us closer to what we want in Time in a Bottle, I spend a lot of time on this talking how ignorance, and, and I, I don't use that word in a negative way, um, it's just a lack of awareness, but ignorance causes time, mm -hmm. and awareness collapses time. So the quicker you can open your mind to the information that life's trying to show you, mm -hmm. the faster you can get to where you want to go. Okay. And, you know, I understand you talked about, you know, staying present, staying aware, mm -hmm. and, you know, that there's always a gift you know, there's always mm -hmm. something greater. And sometimes when people have a lot of fear or pain, um, we numb it. We want to numb it. We want to make it go away. Mm -hmm. And people self-soothe in many ways. Mm -hmm. Correct. And with that can often lead to addiction. Mm -hmm. And you speak to addiction, so I would like to ask you about your ideas. Sure. Well, people that are in pain... Um, when they they can't find um, a way through their perception out of the pain, a way mm -hmm. to shift their perception on the situation, they find other means to do it. Mm -hmm. And when they find an avenue that works, it becomes the go-to method. Right. So that's step one. Then they found something out of it, and and if they like what they're doing and it makes them feel better, it starts. They start to become addicted to the substance. Mm -hmm. um, and if they're not ready to self-reflect in order to change the pain that they're feeling so that they don't feel the need to go to the substance, then they're going to keep doing it. So that's the, that's the first thing that happens through addiction. The second thing is that the body starts to immediately make all, this, all these biochemical adjustments mm -hmm. to stay in balance with this now new chemical that's coming in, whether it's alcohol or whether it's drugs. It's why sometimes we can just marvel at the amount someone can drink sometimes mm -hmm. and just can't believe they're standing vertically still with, with all the alcohol they're putting in. But that just tells you the marvels of the body mm -hmm. and how much uh, the body adjusts for survival. So then you've got that layer. Okay. And then the third layer is that um, people often find uh, social acceptance within, within the circles of the addiction. So whether it's down at the neighborhood bar or whether it's um, in a circle of friends that are all using, mm -hmm. um, there's uh, a camaraderie and a connection amongst the pain and what they're doing together so there's a social structure. Mm -hmm. So when you're battling addiction with somebody, you're really battling three major things um, that have to be broken down. So it's not just getting them to feel happier inside. Mm -hmm. It's also getting them through the withdrawals and their body adjusting. And then it's also ripping them away from a social structure that they've found um, someone who understands them or someone that they connect with through the same journey. So that's what is being faced by addiction. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's treating it, if they can see it from all three ways, I think they have the best shot of helping somebody. But I, I do want to say that the thing about addiction is that most people come at the addicted immediately like 
they're wrong. And, and I'm not saying they're not from a standpoint of destroying their life or destroying others' lives. But when you come at somebody from a standpoint of you're wrong, that's what they're running from mm-hmm. initially. And mm-hmm. it's not you. It's their own sense of self that's telling them they're no good. Mm-hmm. So by telling them they're no good from the outside, it's sort of adding to the situation. and It's exacerbating. Adding to so, the fire. Yeah, you yes. almost have to come from a real place of understanding and love with them in order just to get them to hear you to begin the process and and hopefully there's some good therapists out there that that can that do that um to start that process so that that's what that's how i see addiction okay and i know you say you know also happiness comes from the inside out um you know so how can you say that to someone who's struggling you know and i think as a nurse of maslow's hierarchy right Mm -hmm. so addiction and someone's struggling they're on the the lower mm-hmm. tier of Maslow's hierarchy, which is basic needs survival. Right. So, yeah, can you speak to that? Yeah, well, you can't help somebody that doesn't want help, right? We've seen this uh, endlessly with the revolving door at a lot of these treatment centers. If they don't want the help and they're not ready, you can shove them into a 30-day program, but they're coming right out and they're going they're going to go right back to using. They have to be really at a point where they they say, "Okay, I'm ready to get help." If if the person who's addicted is at that place, then the process can begin of communicating to them how much they truly do matter because it's the lack of the feeling of mattering in the world that causes pain and suffering. And when we feel we don't matter and we're in pain and we can't find a way out of it, you know, life offers us a whole bunch of different shortcuts out there Mm -hmm. temporarily to get out of it. So um, it can be very alluring for people to do that. So, but once a person really truly wants help mm-hmm. and is ready, it has to start from the process of letting them know that they do matter and they 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 mean something in this world. And let's let's build from that. Let's start mm-hmm. from there. Okay. Um, and that's the inside out. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask you know about the significance of emotions on on the greater path to self awareness, which you sort of talked about. But can we get into that? Yeah. It, well, again, the emotions reveal. And- um, this is talked about at length and I am about how the emotions what, what your emotions are revealing is where you are either in tune or out of tune with the truth so a non-emotional state actually means you're tapped straight in to greater truth because there's no disparity between what you believe is true and what you're experiencing so you're in perfect harmony so I'll take you through both spectrums of this. Thank you. Uh-huh. On the um, positive side, when you go to a positive emotion, you experience something that's out of your realm of belief or what you thought was possible to the positive side, and what it's doing is it's over-validating you. So, for example, let's talk about the baseball playoffs because that's what's going on right now. Uh, there's a... As I was driving over here, I was listening to the Toronto game, and there's huge emotion going on in this game. I'll have to see the highlights tonight. But it was tied, and um, somebody from Toronto hit a three-run homer to take him to a three-run lead. And the crowd, it was piercing. My speakers in my car were vibrating. The crowd was so loud. But what happens is there's the crowd thinking, are we going to win? Are we not going to win? And all of a sudden, in one fraction of a second, their whole life changes as they see the fact that now they're winning. So they shifted from, are we going to lose, to we might win and they got overvalidated so all that energy builds up this all by the way this happens in a split second mm-hmm. all this energy builds up and like a volcano 
it immediately needs a release. So they put their hands in the air, they scream, they shout, and that great joy of full emotion comes out. So that's the positive side of the spectrum. On the negative side, if you suddenly break up with a loved one or um, yeah, somebody gets hurt that you know or um, you know, on a lighter example in sports, your team loses in the last second, what you thought you were being validated by and what was a part of your identity has changed mm -hmm. immediately. And that shifts you to a very negative state, so your energy is very negative. And like a volcano, when that negative energy builds up, it has to be released. And mm -hmm. so what do we do? We shout, we scream, and we cry. And what's interesting about the emotions is that they're the exact same on both ends of the spectrum, on the positive and the negative. The only difference with the negative is that everything is low and grounded and slump. You know, you're slumped down and um, mm. heavy. And on the positive, everything is light and up. And it's a party. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, everything's pointed upward versus everything pointed downward. But mm -hmm. that, so that's what the emotions do. They tell you where you are in relationship to the truth. So if you're mm -hmm. feeling an emotion negatively, it's because you have not accepted something that's going on in your reality about the truth. Hmm. Right. That's interesting. Because mm -hmm. so. it helps with self. The reason I wrote so extensively about this is because... I felt what a great clue that the emotions give us mm -hmm. to show us where our ego is out of touch with reality, like to see where we're fighting truth. And so um, if you can become conscious of, of your emotions, you can start to say, wow, I, I guess I'm in denial because I'm, I'm really upset about this. Mm -hmm. I need to get into the truth that this is what's happening for right now. This is going on with my relationship, so I need to deal with it. And I need to find a way to um, get it to go where my intention is, where I want it to go. Okay. Do I want it to heal or do I want it to change? And I have to be willing to take those steps to do it. So I'm going to ask, there's a difference between, you know, what we want and the intention? Because sometimes we, you know, what, what we think we want versus the intention. Well, that's, a, that's another really interesting question that um, is going to take a little while to answer. But yes, oftentimes what our intention is and what we think we want are drastically different because we, we don't realize um, how much what we believe to be true of ourselves is really driving our experience. We may think we want um, to have a certain relationship or to have a certain job or to have, but that it may not be aligned with what we believe to be true for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a whole other subject which we could talk about. Well, you know. okay. So it looks like we're getting ready to take another quick break. So when we come back, can we pick up on that? Yeah, I'm sure the definitely. Listeners, I would love to hear more about it. I'm sure the listeners would. So I hope that you all stay with us and we'll be back in a moment. Thank you. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? 
Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, everyone. We're back. Karen Levitt and Howard Falco. And we're talking about intention versus what you think you want. Exactly. And I'd like to pick up on that and go into that. So Sure. So a lot of times we have these dreams and ideas of what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, what the truth is, is always what we experience or what we are experiencing. That's where the truth shows up. So we either accept the fact that we're on the path to what we say that we want or we accept that in some way what we believe to be true about ourselves is blocking us from getting there. Okay. And if we can be aware of that, for example, you say you, you want to have a loving, lasting relationship, but somehow you pick people that it just, everything seems to go wrong with, or when things get close and you get vulnerable, somehow you sabotage it. So you say you want love, but maybe you're not ready to be vulnerable for it, which happens a lot. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because the quicker you can acknowledge that, the quicker you can challenge the old beliefs that say, you know, why am I unwilling to be vulnerable? What am I scared of? What am I worried about? Just to take the relationship example, I deal a lot with uh, the people that I work with uh, in sports. Uh, they say they want to be at a certain level of performance and production, mm-hmm. but when they get into that moment, what are, where are the real thoughts about what's possible? Okay. Is that truth matching? And the only way to know that is in the results. Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty of life is that it shows you where you are with your truth in relationship to what you're experiencing. So either you have what you want, or if you don't, you're in a peaceful state of mind because you know you're on your way to it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have what you want and you're in a negative state of mind, then you're in denial about something about yourself. And again, this is that continual path of self-reflection and self-awareness, which is so valuable um, to anybody that's trying to create anything, you have to discover what your true I am's are. And that's what the core of the book is, mm-hmm. to discover what those truths are that you say about who you are. Do you believe you're worthy of X, Y, or Z? Do you believe you're worthy of that job? Do you believe you're worthy of that relationship? Do you believe you're worthy of that kind of performance on the field? If so, let's take a look at what you're doing to create it. Mm-hmm. So you'll see in the actions whether or not you believe 
that truth to be real. And that's what we were talking about, the disconnect between what you say you want and what you really believe to be true. Mm -hmm. You can't get away from the truth. You can dilute yourself for only so long until you finally have to acknowledge, okay, this is where I'm stopping myself. Let's find out why. And sometimes you don't know why. And guess what? That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I don't want anybody to be upset about that. Just the fact that you're on the road to being willing to self-reflect and understand that um, it's in your power to make new choices. Okay. And that's when you have to be respectful of time in the process. And your friends and family look at you and they don't really understand. They well, feel that, like they're disconnected too, or yeah, there's a disconnect from... That's a whole nother story, yes. Friends and family, it's interesting what happens when we change and we start to go down a path of change to fulfill our happiness. You're going to upset the apple cart for a lot of other people because, remember, people count on you to be the version of you that they're used to because mm -hmm. they've learned how to tune to that. And they've learned how to accept that. The minute that you shake it up and say, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to become, it, it, it sends people in a lot of different directions because they immediately start to compare themselves. They, they start to wonder um, if something's going to change with their relationship with you. Um, it just There's it, a lot of things that unnerve them um, about their life or about life in general because many people look for um, things to stay the same. You know, go back to default, whatever whatever that is, even if it, like, co what's coming up for me is codependency. Yeah. So if mm -hmm. someone, the other half of that relationship is growing and changing, mm -hmm. the other person is, please don't change. I fight, right. Fighting and struggling to keep you the way I knew you, because that's how we work. That's exactly right. Now, I will say this, though, in all fairness to the other person. If you're in a relationship, par relationships are built on compromise. And if you want to run 100 miles an hour and just do what you want to do, there's going to be a consequence because you're not compromising. with. You have to find some middle ground with them um, on, on, on your part, the person that's changing. Um, or not. Or you can just go 100 miles an hour and say you're either with me or you're not. It's just it's a little harsher to the other person. But, um, uh, but you can certainly do it. I, just, I think when you're committed to a relationship, um, you've got to find a way to balance that out somehow where it... Where it honors that person just enough mm -hmm. to have them come along on the journey with you. Okay. You know, where it's not so abrupt. Sure. And I know, you know, in your book you talk about, or you make reference to a guidance system and you say the head is 50-50 based logic and fear. Mm -hmm. And the heart is 100%. I, so, I, yeah, can you elaborate? Sure. Oh, the guidance system I was talking about related to what's true for you. Okay. Like your heart and your gut will always be 100% correct on what's true for you and your life. Your head's 50-50. 50% of the time, it's aligned with your heart, and it's correct. And the other 50% of the time, it can be a little bit on the side of fear and concern and worry and in the box and what the right thing to do is and what society tells you to do is and what your grandparents told you to do was right and what your religion told you to do was right. And, uh, you know, there's all these structures and systems that mm -hmm. kind of weigh in. But your heart will never lead you astray. Your heart will always take you in the right direction and when you're operating from your heart when it comes to your intention um, and and you're aligned with a keen sense of awareness in other words you're not being ignorant to the truths in life and what it takes to create mm -hmm. and get there it's a very powerful combination and life tends to really support that and help you in ways you can't even imagine oh, well actually I can I mean, now <laughs> well, I can yeah sorry I, 
shouldn't say that. Anyway, well, you may not imagine. Well, you may not imagine. Yeah, I, I completely understand that because that was my my life for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, doing uh, what I thought, you know, like everyone, the right thing. Mm-hmm. I had a belief system, a spiritual practice, was working, corporate America, and yeah, I would come close, and then go back to default, whatever. And there would be shades of it was up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew I was meant for more, and there was always something more to do. And I never understood that it would take an event that rocked me to my core, to my soul, mm-hmm. where I was stripped of everything. And then huh. you find that there's a gift. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's actually, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be here. Well, I'm uh, grateful for that. I'm grateful. Well, thank you, as well yeah. as I. And, you know, I read your book, and I just want to make, Go refer- make reference about that. So, people hear about your book and they, you know, talk about it, and they're probably they can Google it. Uh, what makes your book I am, you know, what sets it apart from different law of attraction books out there? Well, That's what I, people I may think, think everything contributes to to the to the consciousness and raising it. I think where I am maybe takes it to another level is. Um, you can think, believe, feel, receive. You can you can have those thoughts, but if you're not really in touch with the real truths that you're carrying at the core, what those true I am statements are, if you're not willing to look at them mm-hmm. and be honest with yourself about them, you might be a little frustrated with the law of attraction process. You really have to get down to the nitty gritty and to see what you had believed was true, without any guilt, shame, or regret. Those are poisons of the mind, and they create nothing but destruction and time. Um, Just to see that who you've been up to this point has been perfect in its unfolding, and it led you to this very moment, and it was part of what got you here and got you to this questioning and got you to this information that's coming into your ears right now because there's no way this would be coming into your ears unless you've asked questions. and so you start to see the divine process of how life works, um, which is, is really, really elegant. Um, and you start to build a different life for yourself. You start, to, um, you start to work with life in a completely mm-hmm. different way. And right. it, it becomes really magical. You move at a different vibration, almost a different frequency. It's like the dial gets turned up on a radio. Yeah. It really does. Exactly. Yeah. And not to say that there aren't moments, mm-hmm. because there are moments in the process, but they're far and few between from what they were. And, and you, you, you start to see that those moments of challenge are really great moments of opportunity, mm-hmm. great moments of opportunity for you to declare and to demonstrate the new I am's that you're taking on to replace the old ones, because the old ones simply aren't serving you anymore. Mm-hmm. And when you take the new I am's on and you declare those in the face of that fear, and not only do you declare those, but you are willing to act straight through the fear. Mm-hmm. That's what the universe really responds to, that kind of faith. And um, it starts to build conditions for you to experience what those I am's are saying. And just another part of this is that at the core, everything is created from intention. Mm-hmm. Every molecule and atom nucleus of an atom, protons, neutrons, they're all spinning at a certain frequency and rate and being held together by a certain intention. Mm-hmm. Intention is either to be the rock or the plant or the animal. And for us human beings, our intentions 
are shown in our thoughts and in our actions. And we have direct conscious control. And that's what really waking up is about, realizing mm -hmm. how much power we have over those intentions. And then being able to trust the process of life and work with it okay. and know that it's working for us. There's some, you know, I know for me it was a process I refer to the childhood game of shoots and ladders. That's what it felt like. So, yeah, how do you... You know, to really shoots and ladder. That's I've used that example before. Yeah. That's why it's interesting you brought that up, and it's because you could be going, 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 and all of a sudden you hit a shoot, and you the do. next thing you know you're back down. Um, yeah, yeah, it can feel like that, but you're never truly on the same level in life. You've, you're always consciousness only goes one direction, mm -hmm. and that's towards more and more infinite. Uh, excuse me, infinity. More, mm -hmm. and, it goes more and more infinite, and expands. So even though it feels like you went back, mm -hmm. there's a whole world of experience in that on top okay. of everything else you've ever experienced okay. before. And, you know, I know you talk about time. You say, well, what is your definition of time? Um, time to me is the space between where you are and what you say that you want to experience. Hmm. And... We either experience that space in a way where we feel like we're getting closer to what we want to create and we're feeling fulfilled, or we feel like it's getting farther away from us and we feel disharmony and time stretches. So that's my definition of time. It's not that's a linear thing. Okay. Um, hmm. okay. It's more of an elastic thing that is controlled by that's an interesting the way, way we to, perceive it. That's an interesting way to phrase it. Yeah. Time is elastic. Because I hear, always hear we can collapse time. Mm -hmm. So when you say time is elastic, yeah, I can, I can actually see that. Yeah, well, that's a whole, we can get into that. That might be the great, the next topic is how time collapses. Okay, um, yeah. sure. And we have to take a quick break again. Okay. And we'll pick up. Thank you so much. We'll be back in a moment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here, Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. 
If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Back, and Howard and I were discussing time or the illusion of time, and he referred to it as time has an elastic. So how do you collapse time? We're going to get right into that. <laughs> how do you collapse time? How wow, do you? How do we jump to that? Um, no, that's exactly um, uh, what leads to what we were talking about. And so the way time is elastic, just to sort of elaborate on this, is that um, when you're at a place where you're really enjoying what you're doing, like on a vacation, or mm-hmm. you're really entrenched in a movie at the theater, it seems to fly by. Like time doesn't even exist because you're so in the moment, you're absorbing everything, you're in a place where it totally fulfills your creative desires and you're being fed mm-hmm. based on what you wanted to experience. Okay. So time doesn't really exist. And then when you're in stuck in traffic, or you're at a long line at the grocery store, which seems to be Murphy's Law that everybody wants to go check out at the same time you do, right? Mm-hmm. There could be seven people in the store, and when you go to check out, all seven of them are at the um, um, cashier line. But and you're standing around, time seems to drag, and it seems to take forever. Mm-hmm. Or if you're doing something you don't want to do, um, mm-hmm. it just seems to take forever because it's not fulfilling that deeper creative urge or that sense of fulfillment in you. So... Time is a is a complete it is completely based on our perception is how we experience time. Now there's a linear way to measure time, of mm-hmm. course, which we do with age and the way we measure um, uh, the, the the you know how old a tree is by the rings on it. But this is about life and about experiencing it. So how you collapsed time is you start to appreciate more of everything that's going on and you see that it all is working for you. Mm -hmm. So let's take the traffic jam example. So how you change the experience in a traffic jam is you no longer resist what's going on because you're not in ignorance to say that every time I get on the freeway, it's going to be wide open. That's just out of touch with reality. The truth Mm -hmm. is sometimes it'll be busy, sometimes it won't. Sometimes there'll be an accident that backs things up, sometimes it won't. Here's the magic in this. Okay. The minute that you start to accept mm-hmm. what's going on in your reality okay. is the moment of change. So life no longer needs to give you the same lesson again because you've understood it. So you get into traffic, instead of going into the old negative mindset that says, well, here we go again, we'll be sitting here for hours. There's actually a really beautiful story um, in, uh, uh, in I Am about this. Um, about this, this actually in time in a bottle about a friend of mine in a in a traffic situation, and the minute that he let go mm-hmm. and just said, "Okay, I let go. I don't care what happens. I see this is happening for me. There's a reason this is going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe if traffic would have been free, I would have gotten in an accident. Maybe it wouldn't have. Just a whole bunch of different scenarios could occur, but everything has meaning in it. And when you see that, you start to accept it more. And when you accept it, all of a sudden, it starts to dissipate. Okay. Because resistance is behind the persistence of everything in existence. Right. Wow, that's a tweetable. Let it me is, say that, that again. <laughs> Let me say that again. Resistance is behind the persistence of everything in existence. 
So as you come to acceptance, mm-hmm. which stems from love, really, mm-hmm. at the core, that love has power. Mm-hmm. And it starts to change the situation that you're encountering. And this is really, really powerful, actually, what we're talking about right now, because it gets to the true heart of how your life goes as you want it to be created. It really does stem from love and acceptance. And when you can see that in yourself and you can see it in life, it's really, really beautiful. So that's how you collapse time, ultimately with love, but it's love in action Mm -hmm. through the acceptance. Now, I do want to add one thing to that. That doesn't mean you accept if you're being, let's say, um, uh, manipulated or abused by someone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you accept negative situations in the world. You accept that for the moment you're experiencing them, that is the truth, but you set your intention upon changing it. So it's a combination of acceptance with the intention to change. A lot of these groups that are fighting for change or being angry and trying to force change, it doesn't work as well Mm -hmm. as does some of the more peaceful demonstrations of change. And you can look at um, Martin Luther King's Peace Marches, which was beautifully expressed in the movie Selma. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I happen to have just seen it, which was really well done. Um, Or um, Gandhi's. Uh, marches back in, in India when they were trying to liberate themselves from British rule. The same method was used, that love mm-hmm. and that acceptance. So that's really what we're talking about when it comes to the idea of collapsing time mm-hmm. as it relates to what you want to see change. And this is completely all laid out in, um, in Time in a time Bottle. In a that's where the difference between I am and time in a bottle is. is I am is about the self. Time, time in a bottle is about time and, and how you create change. Okay. And I know since you've written both of those, you and yourself, your career, you've gone. Talk about elastic, right? You've just yeah. been like <laughs> slung out of a slingshot in la- in, into, the, into the world. That's so, one way of saying it, yeah. <laughs> well, really, you've been catapulted and you're making a great difference in the world. Oh, of, thank um, you. You know, a lot really of, nice. absolutely a lot of, you know, major athletes in all different areas. Mm-hmm. And talk about mindset. You know, there's people who have... Highly visible, mm-hmm. have a great talent, mm-hmm. and uh, they're honored with great contracts. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of ego base. I like to talk about that because that's a huge arena to be in. Yeah. So when I am came out, I started to get calls from athletes who found that uh, the idea, the self empowerment aspect of I am, was helping them to achieve higher levels of performance. And me being a sports guy, I thought, it would, wow, what a great combination to be able to uh, coach and teach this mentality, this mindset or mindfulness as it relates to sports. And so um, so I've been working with college and professional athletes all over the country and helping them to use this power. Um, and uh, one of them, which we talked about during the break, um, uh, who's been very vocal and public about it, is uh, Chris Archer, who's uh, the ace for the Tampa Bay Rays. He made his first all-star team this year. He's one of the top pitchers in baseball and in the American League. And he's very, very open-minded and just a, a real old soul and a, and a great role model in the game. And he's really embraced this. And it's, it's made a huge difference in what he's doing on the mound. Every time he's out there, he's using this, uh, this mindset and this idea. Uh, for the, actually, since he got called up from AAA a few years ago. So it's been a, uh, it's been a great process for him. And you know, it's been a lot of fun. And we have a great friendship as well out of it, so, which nice. is the great part about it. So he's actually a living example to his teammates mm-hmm. on being. Yeah, he's really been teaching. He's a leader now on on the Rays, so he's uh, he's kind of the 
one of the veterans now. They've had so much turnover. He's been there a few years. So he's a leader, and he's absolutely offering this. And, and this is the new edge in sports. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is the new edge um, for this day and age. And so I'm excited to be on the cutting edge of that with this material. Nice. It's been really, really fun because that can lead to helping millions of people um, because they look at sports stars like superheroes. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great platform for more of this real positive information to get out in the world. Yeah, so your book sort of caught on fire, and now it's you know you've mm-hmm. you've ended up in this arena, which is fabulous. What a gift! Yeah, it's well. Again, it was the intention was set. My personal intention was set to reach those in the world at the highest levels that were looking for this information um, to you know to to sort of leverage the this information to get it out to in as many hands as possible because of the power in it and because of how it can ease suffering. And I've heard so much from so many. Um, over the years on it's just it's been very very humbling I'm very very honored and it's overwhelming with actually. that with that if I can ask what do you what do you see next for yourself well uh, next for myself I just to continue to share this information out there and continue to do what I do in both the spiritual world and the sports world and um, probably there's more, probably more to come in, in other material so I'll keep teaching speaking and writing wherever people will have me nice and you have one takeaway because we're getting ready to close. Uh, do you have one takeaway from today's conversation you wish the listeners to gain? Well, the one thing I would like the listeners to gain more than anything is just how unbelievably precious you are and how much you matter and that at any single moment, what's in front of you is always infinite possibility when you believe in those possibilities for yourself. That's real. You know? That's rich and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's absolutely it's, it's doable, so thank you. Yeah. Oh, and my pleasure. Thank, thank you very you. much for having You're me. You're welcome. Thanks and, for what you do. Oh, thank you. And to reach Howard, you can reach you at www.howardfalco. Right, howardfalco.com. Correct. You can go and sign up there, and there's videos and a whole bunch of resources that I put out every month and webinars and retreats that I'm doing around the world. So um, please check that out if you want more information about uh, what I do. Awesome. Well, I thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. Oh, same here. Thank you. And I say good night and see you next week. Hope you tune in. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift. Oh,